0: This is Client Side from Fox Agency. Hit it! That's what I'm talking about! Wait! Okay, now, from the beginning. Krista San Kerbeck is the Senior Product Marketing Manager for IBM's automation portfolio, focused on Robotic Process Automation, or RPA. She leads IBM's marketing efforts in support of IBM's. 2020 acquisition of Brazilian RPA provider, WDG Automation, and owns IBM's RPA message globally. Krista sand welcome to ClientSide.
1: Thank you, Nathan. I'm happy to be here.
0: Super excited to, to have you on the show. Thank you very much for doing this. You've had just such an incredible career. We don't get many Fulbright scholars on the podcast. Tell us about your unusual route into marketing because it, it's not a typical one.
1: Happy to. So first of all, as an undergraduate student at Dartmouth College, I majored in geography with a double minor in public policy and German. So while marketing was not top of mind for me as a career path, I received a strong foundational liberal arts education. Regarding the Fulbright grant, so for some quick context, it's a competitive scholarship program run by the U.S. government with the goal to improve intercultural relations. I was really fortunate to have this opportunity to move overseas at 22 and immerse myself in other cultures. I taught English at a comprehensive school, and I pursued studies in immigration policy and multicultural education at the University of Hamburg in Germany. I'm still actively involved as a board member for the Fulbright Alumni Association in New York City, and I love to invite small groups of Fulbrighters into my home for dinner. So I came back from the Fulbright, returned to New York City, and worked in management consulting for a couple of years. This was a great place to learn about different industries and business problems and helped stamp my passport for future career opportunities. From there, I went to work for a professional women's network called 85 Broads. I was head of strategy, but I was very much a marketer without the title. This was early 2009, so while the organization had previously been well-funded, this corporate funding had dried up during the recession. I actually helped the founder with a pivot from a free membership site, which it had been for many years, to a subscription service so we could keep the lights on. Needless to say, this was not an easy announcement to make, so we had to clearly articulate why we were suddenly charging as well as the new services that we now offered with this membership. I oversaw the modernization of an outdated website with an overseas tech team, ran live and virtual events back before those were mainstream, and traveled around the world to grow the brand to a 30,000-member organization. It was it was very exciting. Kind of after years of experimentation, failing fast, some successes. 85 broads was sold, and is thriving today as Elevate Network. I I went to Columbia Business School to take stock. I had worked with a lot of women entrepreneurs and was very interested in furthering my career in technology and marketing. And having done a startup, I wanted to work on the other end of the spectrum for a blue chip global tech company. So IBM was a great fit.
0: And and obviously, you've held several roles in in IBM over your eight-year career there. What what first attracted you to the company? And and, and tell us, what are you responsible for?
1: I was, and I continue to be really excited by the cutting-edge research that we're doing at IBM. We lead the industry in patents, and I've gotten to work in some pretty hot areas. Another benefit I found from working for a huge corporation is just all the learning opportunities. I have access to a lot of education, best-in-class platforms and methodologies, and I can benefit from a strong network of industry and marketing peers. Lastly, I really like the culture, and I felt that I can be an entrepreneur here and design and scale large programs. So after leading some large internal transformation initiatives and marketing operations, I really wanted to get back out into the market and closer to our customers. I pivoted into product marketing from there. So IBM's product marketing discipline owns the market perspective that clarifies growth opportunities for internal audiences, and then we persuade external audiences why IBM should be their trusted advisor to address enterprise business problems. So, as you said, in my current role, I oversee I'm IBM's RPA message globally. And I that involves anything from leading external positioning of our product offerings, point of view and in messaging, inbound and outbound marketing activities, engaging with clients, and then working closely with product management and sales in order to design strategic plans and programs.
0: So, RPA or robotic process automation sounds very Techie, futuristic. Um, tell us a little bit about what it is, what some of the use cases are, and maybe you know some of the applications that you're most excited about.
1: Here's the challenge as we see it. Companies are struggling to allocate operational resources due to dynamic customer demand and disruption within the markets and workforce. According to research from McKinsey & Company, 10 years of digitization is occurring in under a year given the global macroeconomic environment.
0: And the pandemic.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So best-in-class organizations are leveraging low-code solutions and integrated automation capabilities in order to keep pace with the rate of change and to try to gain a competitive advantage in this environment. You know, it's really, it's innovate or die um, in this kind of a world that we're living in. So RPA technology is, it's a complete set of task automation software that enables users to automate more of their time-consuming, mundane, and repetitive work. Specifically, RPA automates tasks by mimicking the steps a person takes when performing activities on their computer. So, for example, a software bot can gather data from multiple systems, collate the data in a spreadsheet, perform calculations, and enter the data into another system using application user interfaces. Bots can also use techniques to integrate with systems like SQL to query a database. There are lots and lots of use cases across every industry. You know, an obvious one is chatbots or, for instance, think about a situation in which you have to grab data from numerous sources, slice and dice it, and come up with insights to prepare for the next meeting with your VP, where 24-year-old me would definitely have lost sleep over, did I find all the relevant data? Did I set up a formula correctly in Excel? You know, what if you had RPA? to pull that custom report. And then you could spend your time analyzing it, developing a point of view, you know, instead of working, you know, burning the midnight oil um, <laughs> in order to help make really important decisions for your company.
0: So huge efficiency gains there, huge productivity gains there as, as well. And I'm sure it, it, it's especially important now because of all the supply chain disruption that we're seeing globally.
1: Oh, absolutely. You'd be surprised how many companies manage their supply chains via spreadsheet. In this environment, that's very, very risky. So automated supply chain management is a really great use case for RPA. The procure-to-pay cycle specifically depends on heavily on accurate data and also the preparation and exchange of numerous documents. To streamline the process, retailers can uh, can author bots capable of copying data into supply chain management systems like Oracle and SAP Ariba into standardized order forms. RPA bots can even submit orders through online portals. Bots can help with a variety of other tasks like processing invoices by entering that invoice data into accounting systems. They can help prepare the reports necessary for these broader strategic levels of supply and demand planning, facilitate predictive maintenance, and work with after-sales services, you know, for instance, if a customer needs to make a return. One of our customers, Interado which is a Brazilian international trade consultancy, they had used analog methods to help customers track worldwide shipments of goods. This tracking of shipments was often difficult due to all the manual processes and documentation required, and it was, could be prone to error. So in their world pre-RPA, um, they were dealing with several organizations involved in every import or export transaction, each adding data to documents. Um, And then this required manual consolidation. And, you know, the fines could be huge if there were data entry mistakes. And, of course, that meant undelivered goods. So today, the RPA solution is at work 24 hours a day, gathering information from these multiple documents, then logs itself into government systems and inputs the information it collected. um, This company has now automated tens of thousands of invoices, payment forms, and much more. And the response time improved by 80%. So their analysts now can focus on improving customer relationships
0: it's crazy to me that in today's day and age there are still organizations that are running their organizations within spreadsheets um uh, multi-million or 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 billion pound organizations that are still operating in this in this very traditional way um it's it's still it still boggles the mind but there are there are lots of companies out there that's right So obviously we know the positive sides of RPA, productivity, efficiency, uh, cost reduction. Um, However, there is a perception out there from, you know, whether it's right or wrong, that actually RPA is contributing to uh, unemployment, specifically of blue-collar jobs. How do you uh, address that criticism?
1: Yeah, absolutely. These are really not tasks that you want to do by hand there are processes that would put human lives in jeopardy that can actually be great candidates for automation. And in fact, I think in these cases, automation is really the more humane thing to do. Without technologies like RPA to make our lives easier, I think too many smart people are going to devote precious time and resources to solving mundane problems at the expense of making more consequential decisions. And over time, this makes organizations exhausted and change-averse, and the risk of costly mistakes from data entry is, is high. Conversely, I see companies that are doing automation well, unlocking cultures of creativity. We can return time to employees so they, in turn, can challenge assumptions, deepen their expertise in their chosen field, keep the business safer for themselves, and delight their customers. So another customer that we work with, Primanti Brothers, is a restaurant chain, and they used RPA to automate the preparation of 40 reports A day every morning, and that saved the managers uh, 45 minutes at the beginning of the day. That is time that they can instead spend with their customers or they can spend preparing their staff and getting ready for a really successful day at the business. As marketers, we have a responsibility to help educate the market, and I recognize it's fraught. As an ethical company, IBM invests heavily in external skill building programs. And in fact, last year we announced that we're committed to upskill 30 million people by 2030.
0: So, so talk to me then about what the go-to-market plan is. How, how do you approach the challenge of, of growing the awareness of the products and, and the category itself?
1: So part and parcel of bringing in an acquisition like this is that I get to announce to the world that IBM has RPA. There are something around 200 vendors in the space. We acquired a regional player with cutting-edge capabilities, and then my job is to help introduce it to a global audience and get as much share of voice as possible. So this means building the right relationships with the analyst community, Gartner, Forrester, and others. It means collaborating with strategic partners. One of our great partners is the Institute for Robotic Process Automation and AI, with IBM business partners, developer communities, and a lot more. It means having a best in class free trial experience and other mechanisms that allow users to really get hands on with the technology. And lastly, it means getting our customers, like the ones I've referenced, to share their stories with the world. You know, finally, my, my marketing efforts have to drive results for the business. So beyond awareness, it It starts with knowing our audiences and developing clear messaging for them. At IBM, we offer RPA as a standalone technology, but we also offer it as part of an intelligent automation platform. My team creates the right industry and technical content, plus these client stories to bring this technology to life. And I have to be in lockstep with sales and product management to bring in insight from the market and then enable the team to effectively follow up on leads.
0: Let's switch gears now and talk a little bit about women in in technology, because I know that you mentor a lot of women within the organization. You've been mentored yourself extensively throughout your career. What what words of advice and wisdom do you have for young women struggling to build a career in, in tech very similar to yourself?
1: I have a lot of thoughts on this. So number one, you don't have to have a particular degree and it's not too late to get into a tech career. I am a geography major after all. The second, I'm, I'm a big fan of the idea of don't suffer in silence. You know, if you need clarification or think there's a, been a miscommunication, pick up the phone. I think we're too worried about showing up perfect, but, you know, we have teams for a reason. We, you know, there's a, there are a lot of resources to, to help. I'd say also don't overuse the phrase, I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Things like that can diminish your impact if you're saying it to challenge an idea or out of fear of inconveniencing somebody with a request. Let's say as I've progressed in my marketing career, I've also recently been reflecting on the importance of being able to say no, even to excellent ideas. Some of these ideas may have worked in the past, but they don't align with our current strategy, resources, or our target market or our audience. So, for instance, I ran a build a bot contest earlier this year. It was a large global contest with over two thousand participants. It was RPA for social good. You know, it was this wonderful awareness initiative that you know generated all these great use cases for, for RPA. It got um, and you know and it was great. But and I'd love to leverage my hard won experience from running that contest to run the next bigger and better contest but right now I have a different mandate. So I have a lot of uh, freedom, but I also ultimately have to drive business outcomes. And so part of displaying horizontal leadership is influencing my go-to-market team to accept these kind of decisions when we're not going to pursue somebody's great idea, um, even if it means resolving disagreements. So you know we just can't implement every idea all the time.
0: And part of delivering business outcomes for the organization, especially for marketers, is to really understand the oncoming wave of technologies that are are in no doubt going to change all of our lives, right? AI, machine learning, blockchain technology, the metaverse, all all, all these technologies are gaining in relative importance to all industries. How important do you think it is or will be as a marketer to have a really good understanding of all of these technologies and the impact it will have on on a company's go-to-market?
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be vitally important. So in my world, RPA technology itself is a commodity, but RPA powered by artificial intelligence, I think, is what's really exciting. And why Our AI-powered automation is important is because it actually allows for a continuous closed-loop process where data patterns are discovered and analyzed, and then decisions can be made on insights from the data, and then this can be translated into automated actions. So with AI, you can employ RPA bots that can then act on insights, complete tasks quickly, and, and continue to learn and make a better and better system. I know I'm personally interested to start diving more into the metaverse and how RPA can play a role. I think it's potentially going to become one of the drivers of the future digital economy, and RPA, AI, and machine learning are foundational capabilities. I think they're going to help the the metaverse run more effectively. Digital workers are also a big part of this. And you know, to give a quick plug, we're reimagining work with IBM Watson Orchestrate, which is your own personal digital employee. Our point of view on digital labor is that this is an extension of you that'll help you catch up on your workloads. so you can really focus on what matters. I really think that technologies like this are going to build the workforce for tomorrow.
0: Really, really fascinating. So, you, so you're glad that you made this switch from geography then? <laughs>
1: I love it. And I get to work with this global team. I mean, it's the best of of, uh, both worlds. And, you know, careers keep evolving.
0: Final question. What advice do you have for senior leaders, senior execs who are struggling to increase the rate of digital adoption and transformation within their organizations?
1: So I'll use a quote from Forrester analyst Craig LeClaire. Companies that get automation right will outperform those who don't. Our research shows that companies that effectively apply intelligent automation across the enterprise are expected to shine, outshine their peers in profitability, revenue growth, and their efficiency in the next few years. So here's just a couple of ways that businesses can think ahead when it comes to automation. One, you need a plan to introduce digital customer onboarding. Developing a digital identity framework with an identity accreditation process built around this digital customer onboarding planning, it's going to make you more competitive. Two, any of your paper-based processes must be digitized and automated. This requires automating and streamlining your processes. Implementing accelerators such as RPA, digital signatures, and analytics are gonna help. Third, embrace AI in your decision-making. This will result in significant time savings as decisions are made in real time, especially where the volume of transactions is high. Intelligent automation is the way that organizations are delivering better experiences for for customers, for partners, and, and employees. And to be competitive, you simply need to employ these types of technologies. There's, this is a whole other topic and whole other set of podcasts, but there's a set of adjacent technologies like process mining that can work really nicely alongside RPA to, for instance, locate hidden bottlenecks and pinpoint where automation will lead to the best process improvements. So together, these technologies are really powerful. And I think finally the the convergence of these capabilities means that you can combine you know the best of human talent with automation, you know to both enhance productivity and improve decision making. And in the world that we live in today, you still have opportunities to drive growth in your business and improve agility, even with this crazy macroeconomic environment that we're in.
0: Krista, thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Thank you, Nathan. It's been a pleasure.
0: If you'd like to share any comments on this episode or any episode of ClientSide, then find us online at fox.agency. If you'd like to appear as a guest on the show, then please email clientside at fox.agency. The people that make this show possible are Zoe Woodward, our executive producer. Hannah Teesdale is our podcast executive. Jennifer Brennan is our digital strategist, supported by Sophia Ravanis and Alice Winterburn, our social and digital experts. I'm Nathan Barber. You've been listening to ClientSide from Fox Agency. Join us next time on ClientSide, brought to you by Fox Agency.